also. Morning, good evening for you. Yeah, good evening, yeah. How are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm excellent. I'm so happy to listen to you today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost maybe two years. Yes. Are you still in Goa? I'm in Delhi right now. I'll be Goa in Goa next week. Hi, I'm Cyril, your host, and welcome to my podcast that I called I Really Want to Do This. In this podcast, I interview guests from all walks of life and try to understand the various ways that different types of people with different backgrounds and experiences succeed in achieving their goals in their very own ways. Think of the past 10 years in your own life. Have you had a personal goal, an objective? Maybe you call it a dream of doing this one thing. You really want to do that one thing, whatever it may be, but for some reason, you never succeeded in making it actually happen. Well, by showcasing successful achievers and asking them how they did it, I sincerely hope that this podcast will give you some ideas and maybe answers on where to start, how to proceed, in order to actually do that one thing that you really want to do. Hi everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I want to start again. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Cyril. This morning, uh, this afternoon, actually for our guest, or we're really happy to, to have Agyat. I'm gonna start by letting him introduce himself. Agyat, thank you so much for being here. And can you tell us uh, where you are right now and, and uh, where do you live? Thank you very much, Cyril. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to come on your podcast. So, uh, I now I live in Goa and I've been living in Goa for five years now and uh, I was born and raised in Delhi in India and mm -hmm. after my I did my schooling in Delhi and then after my graduation I moved to Dubai. I lived in Dubai for a couple of years very fast-paced life following chasing you know uh, chasing corporate dream was very ambitious and then I moved back and forth between Dubai India and a couple of more countries I was trying to set up a few businesses. The idea behind setting up those businesses was to make uh, uh, a lot of money. I just wanted to be super rich. Yeah. I didn't know why. I thought probably money would bring happiness to me and I'll be more content. So I, uh, I, I ran after money. Not that money is bad. Money is necessary. It you know, helps us buy things that we need, comfort. But So I, I, did, I ran after money for almost 10 years, 10, 11 years, and then I was finally burned out. And mm -hmm. there was a time for me to reflect upon things, what I was doing. And I reached to a point where I had good amount of money in my bank account. I had a beautiful girlfriend, a good job, I was living in Dubai, but I didn't feel that there was any point in life. And that was a turning point for me. And I, uh, I, that went on for almost nine months. And that's when I came uh, across teachings of Osho. Osho is an enlightened master. And uh, I came to know about him. Then I realized that he teaches meditation. 
So I moved to his commune in Pune. I lived there for 18 months and that was a game changer. How old were you when you did this? When you moved? 20, 29 years old. 29, okay. So my race started from the age of 18, around 18 or 19 for 10, 11 years. I was running, uh, chasing the corporate dreams and money and wanted to be a billionaire. You call it your race? Because yeah, it, was, I mean, it felt like a race? Yeah, it was a race. You know, it's all about future. It's not about the past or the present moment. Just chasing the future and just, you know, thinking that when you get the future, you everything would be perfect. So I'm happy that things happened the way it happened. And then my uh, I experienced amazing things in Osho Commune. That was totally a game changer. Then I moved back to Dubai to make money, to get a job, to pay my bills. But I hated living there. So I decided to find an alternative way of living. And I, I realized that I could probably teach meditation and learn some alternative healing modalities. And hypnosis came my way. So I learned about hypnosis, did a course in hypnosis, followed by Reiki, mindfulness training. So I got gathered a couple of certificates and did some professional trainings. And then I moved to Goa and started sharing things that changed my life. Wow, love it. Let's go back to the beginning. And where, so you said you were born in New Delhi? Yes. Tell me, tell me a bit about your family and your childhood in that family was it happy was it uh, tell me about your parents your siblings i'm really interested in, in knowing your life yes uh, so i was born in a jaina family they're, they're kind of uh, there's one religion in india uh, jainism uh, we lived in a joint family with a lot of people my I have two more uh, younger sister and younger brother, so two more siblings. Uh, so until the time I was 10, we lived in a joint family with my grandmother, grandfather, and my my uh, cousins. So they were, it was a huge really? family. The yes. whole family living together. Awesome. Yes, yes. Yeah. So well, wait, I say it's awesome, but how was it? <laughs> good. It was good. It's good. So, uh, you know, it's always, something is always going on. A lot of people, you never feel alone. So, uh, that's, that's called joint family system in India. Now it's more nuclear family, but earlier in the past, there were more joint family living together. All the cousins and brothers would live together. They would get married. Their wives would live there. They would have you know, kids. All these cousins would live together. So at the age of 10, uh, my dad moved out of uh, this joint family uh, and uh, we started living as a nuclear family. And then my mom and dad got separated. But until the time, uh, time I was 10, I got a lot of love from my mom and especially from my mom. She gave me a lot of love. And now as I look back, I realize that a lot of people that I work with in hypnosis, they have a lot of uh, issues around self-confidence and self-esteem. And it's all because of abandonment wounding or inner child wounding. Because in the, in the, in the, especially in the West, uh, at the very young age, kids don't get the love and the warmth from their parents because their parents are also living a fast-paced life and they don't really have time. So there are nannies, there are babysitters who really take care of kids. The kids really don't get that warmth. So something uh, gets, you know, something stays like as a void. Some, yeah. Something is mixed, missed in the childhood. So I, uh, when I started working with people, I realized because I got uh, love and care from my mother, I got a lot of inbuilt self-confidence, good self-esteem. I didn't have to work for all of the, those towards those things. That was, that was one clarity that I got. So I'm really thankful to my mom. She passed away a couple of years ago, but it was really fantastic. I always remember when my, my, my dad would scold me 
you know, he would get angry at us. My mother, mother would always say some one thing to my dad that kids only know only one language, and that language is of love. Yeah. And I and I I remember you know her saying this, but I had no clue what she was talking about. You know, love, I didn't know. I still am learning about love, mm-hmm. but it does make sense to me. What? How come she knew? She was not very well educated, but she just knew this. So uh, then my ma- mom and dad got separated. So I grew up with my dad, my uh, my other two siblings grew up with my mother. And then my mom, mom passed away after nine years uh, of living alone by herself. And then my siblings came back to my dad's place and then we grew up together. I mean, after a couple of years, we were together. So my, my dad never got divorced from my mother. He just decided not to get divorced. I mean, usually in the West, it's very easy to get divorced. Divorce is just another thing in India. Even now, still now, it's not easy to get divorced. Even if you want to get divorced, the whole uh, the the structure is is like this that they're going to create every obstacle possible, not yes. let you get divorced. Okay. So you know, judges would come in between. They would uh, they would again and again say that you know, please don't get divorced. Try to work it out because life of kids would get become hell. Mm-hmm. And pretty much that's the reason why people don't take a divorce because they don't want to ruin the kids life of a kid. You know the kids that they have. Yes. Yeah. So uh, even if the relationship is toxic somehow, you know they just go along with it and they compromise. Yeah, mm. I mean that was that was my childhood. It was pretty wild childhood. Then I lived with my then I I moved back from my mom's place and I was living with my grandmother and other cousins. So I had a very chi- wild childhood. I would play all day, do crazy things. I never listened to anyone. Really? I would do whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was not an obedient kid. My grandmother would always scold me and would say stories about me to other you know, relatives whenever they would visit. But he's a crazy kid; he never listens to me. So uh, yeah, that's that's part of my childhood. I love the, the to know learn more about your personality. When you said I was wild kid, is this you were born with being wild a little bit? And do you think this is some kind of fire that you still have now of being a little bit? Uh, wild and, and maybe in spirit what are the personality traits that you have when you were born and the the ones that are, you have built uh, over time i definitely was born with the uh, with some of the qualities like a uh, kid with high energy mm-hmm. and intense intense person very total i would i would either do things if i would love like to do them otherwise i wouldn't do it I would just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do anything half-heartedly. Yes. So there was something that was inbuilt in me. I would not compromise. So even if I would be hanging around with people, if I wouldn't like hanging out with someone, I would just not hang out with that person. I would just tell them in their face. And I didn't learn this from anyone. Uh, you know, uh, later on, I realized people don't appreciate this. There are different kind of people. They don't want to be told the truth. It's always good to, you know, uh, not yeah. say things. That people may not like to listen, and it's good. It can be used. It's always good not to hurt people. Yes. But but as a kid, I just didn't know about it. So totality, intensity, uh, playfulness. Uh, I was very active kid, and then as meditation came into my life, I realized more balance started coming into my life automatically. It just happened. So more uh, clarity, more uh, calm, sense of calmness. Sense of being more present to the moment, being more mindful—all of these things started to happen. Mm-hmm. I still am total and intense when it comes to things, but it's not that that visible as it would have been visible when I didn't know how to meditate. 
you you seem to be able to kind of control that that you have the intensity but you can seem to control it is it something like this or yes yes so you use it to your advantage so energy is neutral so when people get angry when you get triggered by anger uh, you just don't have any control over it when you don't know how to meditate so you just throw the anger out somebody gets angry at you say bad words they infuse the energy inside of you as uh, the anger energy that energy gets inside of you it's just pure energy you can we call it anger gets inside of you and then it's it gets topped up gets cooked inside of you and then goes out from you into that person so it moves in a circle yes and it happens on an unconscious level so as you become aware and become more meditative you have get the ability to actually stop the energy when it comes to you right there so you don't create the circle and the mm. circle is endless so you you stop the circle with the help of awareness and do you think that control over your own energy well for you when when you told me that you were in the race it's only started when you you had meditation you started like at 29 uh, do you think some some people can have that at a different kind of age or is it linked to adulthood when you have more control over yourself or like when you're a kid you don't really control you just do mm. or do, have you ever met like people that were different in the way that they had control earlier in age mm. yeah mm. i mean there are people who are more calm uh, it's just something that uh, they have it probably they must have done some work in their past life on them on themselves so they're In yoga, there are three kinds of personalities. Uh, one is tamas, tamasic energy, which is very lethargic. Then rajas, which is active, very active, hyperactive, and then satvik, satvik, which is in balance. So these three kinds of personality that you see in people usually. So when you learn to meditate, you transcend from one energy uh, level to another one, and then to yeah. another one. So let's say if, if I whatever work you do on the path of meditation stays with you energetically. So probably like thousand years ago, I probably would have been in Tamas region, and probably I I did I must have done some work on myself. So I transcend to uh, I got transcended to the Rajas, which is active, and then with the help of meditation, I move more towards Satwa. Yes. This is this happens with with time, and also awareness is the key. And for me, I would say uh, doing things and find uh, and moving, and then. Uh, So by the time I was 29, between 18 to 9, 18 to 29, 11 years, I changed 16 different jobs. I lived in four different countries. I did four different businesses. So for me, the key was if I didn't like anything, I just I quit that thing. I moved on. Yes. So I I didn't stay in the place where I didn't like being there. So my friends would make fun of me that they would say, "Oh, you would never get anywhere. Yeah. You just you you're not stable." Your resume is all over the place. This is not how you grow in the company. You gotta go into the company, stick to a company, grow, and this is how you go become a CEO or CEO, right. CEO right. of a company. But I, I said, if I'm not happy doing things, why this thing? Why, why should I do it? Because uh, why would I make myself suffer? And this is how we create suffering for ourselves. When we are not happy doing things that we we are doing, we transmit an energy field which is of suffering and pain and stress, and anxiety and worry. And this energy field is also as a gift that we share with the people that we meet. Mm -hmm. So uh, unknowingly, with the loved ones, we are sharing this energy field. Unknowingly, it happens on an unconscious level. It's not visible, but we share it. I totally understand people have commitments sometimes, and they just have to be in a certain job, and then they have to, you know, bring bread and butter on the table. But I, I would say it's because of unawareness. So to me, the key was changing jobs and realizing that this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. Doesn't this even this doesn't yeah. make me happy? Searching, searching, so, searching. 
Yeah, and then accidentally I came to know about meditation, and that that started to fill me up from the inside. Hmm. It, it was it was really what, something. What, what really happened? Because it must have been a big discovery. Did you? You met Osho, and is that his teaching? Is that himself that you met, or why was it so important in your life to change completely to? It was not a choice. It just happened. So what I simply did when I was in Osho commune, I didn't meet him in person because he died in 1990. So okay. his, commune, his, commune, his community is in place in, in Pune. There's a meditation center. There are many meditation centers around the world. So I just followed what was told to me. I would listen to Osho every day there and I practiced his meditation, meditation techniques. And then things just started happening. One, one thing led to another. It felt right to you. It felt right. Felt right. So I just, I just asked myself, how do I feel about it? Am I, if I'm heading in the right direction. So if you feel joyous, happy, fun, ecstatic, doing certain things, it means you're heading in the right direction. It was more of a happening. It didn't happen by choice. Mm -hmm. Now let's go into the the main part of the podcast. The the, the name is called "I Really Want to Do This" because I know. Everybody has that, is looking for that thing that they really want to do, or they feel it, but they can't do it. They can't make it happen. They don't know where to start, where to go. So the whole aim of this podcast is to ask my guest, like, did you, do you, ha did you have a moment where you felt that th this is what I want to do? I really want to do this. It could be a small one, a big one, or it doesn't have to be one in particular, but From that, we can look at that event and also kind of try to see if there's a pattern to it. How did you feel it? How did you start? And did you have an objective? Did you want it to go somewhere? Uh, is there that moment that you, you can pinpoint or that feeling of, of, of that fire? In my life, I've always made decisions depending upon things. I asked myself if I really want to do this. And uh, if there was a calling, I would just do it. It has happened so many times. Now, what I've realized with most of the people, they get stuck because they just think, how? How is it going to happen? And this is the place where they really get stuck and they can't move forward. So I know many of my friends. One of my friends, when I moved out of Dubai in 2015, I said, I'm, I don't want to do this. And I, uh, I felt that meditation is something that I would like to teach and I go back to India. So I told him. So I told my friend that I'm going to go back to India and leave this job. And he said, what? He started laughing. What are you going to do in India? I said, I'm going to teach meditation. So he said, oh, <laughs> he laughed at me and he said, you're going to put your hand on your ass and you're going to come back to the world. I said, I am never coming back to the world. I don't want to come back to the world. I want to make my life. I want to follow my passion. And when you make a decision and you don't care about how, how the universe provides you the how and the answers. So if you got, you got to keep that desire burning in your heart. And just stay positive on it. And you can use a statement of self-hypnosis that I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. I'm just going forward from there. I don't care about it. I'm just going to do it. Yes. So when, you give you, when, you care, when you give yourself no choice, and this is part of discipline. Discipline is giving yourself a command and not giving yourself a choice. Giving yourself a command and follow it. Yes. This is what discipline is. Now, what happens with people? People have desires. So they, they want something. They want to bring change in their, into their life. So they bring a discipline for a little bit, for a few days, few, few weeks, and after some period of time, that desire starts to fade away. When the desire starts to fade away, they go backward, back to the back loop that they were living in. Now, why does it happen? Why do they go back to back loop? It's because of their conditioning, because of their mindset. 
and our mindset controls everything around our life our conditioning meaning the way we think it's controlled by uh, our our conditioning conditioning is more you can say paradigm or conditioning is the same thing how you we that that conditioning controls the way we think controls our effectiveness controls how uh, our logic controls our reasoning controls our uh, everything it just controls everything it controls our life so mm. one needs to understand this and and make the uh, to change this make the opposite affirmation and giving yourself no choice and saying to yourself no matter what i'm just going to do this i'm going to do this and this works so when i came back to india and my friend made fun of me after uh, one one and a half years of struggle i moved to goa and uh, i literally had just 1000 dollars in my pocket and i said i, I just feel amazing with this thing that i'm doing and i, I just followed my passion and i said mm -hmm. to myself i'm going to do it i worked hard things worked out i started getting one job i, I moved from one place to another things opened up and and everything went pretty well and then after a few months my friend came to visit me to goa from dubai and then he was just surprised he said what the hell how have you done this i also <laughs> want to come and live in goa so and then you know it's it's really it's really sad because he was a very good friend of mine we were friends for almost 10 years 12 years and he passed away last year he was a young guy and he he wanted to come out of Dubai, but he could never come out of Dubai. 10, 12 years of hard work, he suffered immensely, and eventually he just died. So mm -hmm. I, I, I burned his body last year from my own hands, and I could just feel it that he just, he just got stuck at, at how. And last year before he died, six months before, I told him, eight months before, that forget about your job and just come to India. I'll take care of you. You come and work with me. I still remember telling him, he was telling, but how do I, how do, I do it? I said, don't care right. about how. Yes, I said, I don't care about how just come to India and you get into my work and we work together because he would often call me from the way in, in stressful times and I'm stressed out and he would cry and I would, you know, he, he just found no way out. And then he just couldn't find the way out. So it's all here. It's all in the mindset. Well, it's also about being willing to take the risk, right? Because the the reason he's not he didn't do it and a lot of people don't change even though they're unhappy it's because the unknown and the fear that is linked to the unknown it's like what well, yeah i can go to goa from dubai but what am i going to do where do i live how much do i make money or if you're in an unhappy relationship with with your partner or if you don't like your job or if you don't like anything you don't like people don't change because of the unknown and the fear how you, your personality is like, I don't like it, I go. You know, it's natural for yeah. you. And and it's it's a powerful, you, you said it was a, a drawback at some point because you were searching, 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 but it was a strength for you. How can people learn from that and and and, uh, and dare to change? Uh, is there any way that they can just, okay, let's do it. Mind is a survival mechanism. So it's a, one of the principles that mind is all subconscious mind is always afraid of the unknown and it's always comfortable with the known. So mm -hmm. known known misery is always is always best than the unknown bliss. Yes. If I'm miserable, if yeah. I'm miserable right now, I would this is better than going into the unknown and where I might have bliss. I might have misery too, but we don't know. So uh, I would say gathering courage is one thing and trusting. Trust is something which is not taught to us. 
So trusting the existence, trusting life force, trusting universal life energy, what what make keeps us alive is is the life force, is the invisible. It's not life and death is not our control. We found ourselves on this planet one day, and we, you know we just we were just born, and one day we would just find ourselves not be here. We would just disappear. So we don't know how much time is left. Yes. So death is not in our control unless somebody commits suicide, and suicide is not the answer. You just kill the body and you get into another womb and new cycle starts. So trusting trusting existence and taking small risks instead of taking big risks, uh, take trying something smaller, uh, small risk and checking it out. But it has to yeah. come from the space of from from relaxed space. Uh, from, it's, see, awareness plays a crucial role here as well because a lot of people are living an unaware life, an unconscious life. They just don't know what they're doing. So I, I question the status quo. I ask myself that I don't want to do things that doesn't make me happy. Why do I do something that doesn't make me happy? Why would I continue to suffer? Okay, I understand that people, if I have a, if I have a mortgage, if I have kids, if I have a wife to take care of, I have to grind myself, but then I can ask myself, is there has to be a way. How can I figure a way out? So when I ask myself, how can I, how can I find a way out? I give, uh, I put my subconscious mind to work. And subconscious mind is also connected with the collective, collective subconscious and the cosmic superconscious. So when you put your, your subconscious mind at work, you come in contact with other layers of the universe that helps you to provide the answers. And then you you find those answers, you get those signals, and you you need to act on them. Not every action would get, get you the reward, but maybe if you would act, you know, uh, nine out of ten, probably you may be successful in five out of those or four out of those. And as mm -hmm. you would get the taste, you would gather courage. So starting with small steps, making a plan, giving command to your subconscious mind. How can I do it? There has to be a way. There has to be a way. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Instead of saying, I can't do it. Yes. This is also a form of self-hypnosis. When you say, I can't do it, and you repeat it over and over again, it just happens. Yes, Instead right. of that, you just say, I can do it. It's so so true. I, I That's what I felt in my past experience. The moment you have that energy, I want to do this. I really want to do this. And then you start to express it to anybody else. Thing things start to happen. You said the universe will make make it happen. It's true. But you'll talk to someone and you say, hey, I want to do this. And finally, they, they, they will feel that energy and they will want to help you make this happen because it feels good to them, right? So let's say I want to repair my boat because something is broken. I will say, look, I really want to do this. I know you can help me. Okay, I will help you. If I never said to anybody, okay, I'm stuck. My boat is, is I'm not going to do anything with this. Then I'm not moving. You know, it's the same moment if you if you want to lose weight, if you want to learn language, anything, you want to start photography. If you start to say outward, I want to learn photography to everyone you meet, somebody is going to tell you, I can teach you. So it's yes. all about saying outward what you want, right? If you it's just about, say in your mind, yeah, go ahead. It's about openness, being open. Mm -hmm. So when you're open, things come to you. And, but with openness, Again, there's a vulnerability because if you say this is what I need, in some ways it's uh, people say, "What well, you need something? You should be good in your life already." You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you could have all yeah, the that... position and you say, "I'm not happy." What are you talking about? You're not happy. You know. Yeah, there's a flip side to everything. Openness does bring us to vulnerability, but then you 
so you start to feel more and there is uh, there is a fair chance that people might hurt you and this this may happen this is how people are but then when you're open you feel life more you live more you love more you mm-hmm. you feel yourself expanded and things just move so it's more about trial and error so it's not something that you can just gather information on gather knowledge and just read books it's about taking actions and starting with the baby steps is the key sort of you know going taking a huge jump if you can't you got to look at your personality type so some people just can't take risk this is true so you don't yes. you don't need to do you don't need to do crazy things and take risks because it's not in a line alignment with the way you are this is how you're built so if you have if you see people people have different kind of uh, personalities the animals have different personalities if you have a cat right now sitting in the window not every cat is same not every animal is same they have different traits so your first step is finding out what kind of person you are are you a risk taker are you conservative you it's not easy for you to take risk are you more balanced and then wherever you are so you you try try the opposite in baby steps so i love taking risk i'm a risk taker sometimes i lose as well so i have to be aware because my conditioning is always taking risk when i when it comes to an opportunity wherein i have two options one option has less risk other option has more risk i would always choose the option with more risk and then as i became aware i started realizing it why am i choosing always the option of more risk why am i not choosing the option where it can be a little more stable and i get less risk it just gives me the excitement the exhilaration and some people don't don't choose that so yes. first step is identifying what kind of person you are not just listening to the positive public speaker and just following what they say blindly identifying what what kind of person you are seeing what's what what's comfortable to you and then takes take baby steps small mm-hmm. steps exp- experiment trial and error is the only way i didn't know about my passion i never knew about it i didn't know that i could do this what i what i'm doing right now it just happens because of trial and error yes so not not being afraid to fall mhm so you you talk about the the two ways one of risk and one of not risk and i guess the one with the risk is a, if you succeed is like more exciting right and yeah. the, the other two two passes one of comfort the easy path and one of discomfort or a hard and and i like how you talked about earlier how about discipline is you decide something and you go it's the hardest hard way but the hard way usually leads to better satisfaction do you have any thought on that as well i wouldn't say the hard way would lead to better satisfaction it's not true for in all the situations uh, i would say you can do hard way only if you feel i mean if you feel good about it if you feel like doing it yes. if you don't feel like doing it there's no point doing something which is hard like the right. hardest way would be for me to stand on a on mm-hmm. on fire or on yeah. thorns this is the hard way but that's not going to serve me anything my my feet would get burned so hard is not always it's not necessarily be good mm. so I, i the right way to look at it would be whatever that you're doing does it excite you does it bring happiness to you and then if it becomes hard it doesn't matter you just do it anyways and you push yourself to the limits mm-hmm. right so the first the first criteria is finding out what makes you happy mm-hmm. that's the first criteria and that only you can find out through trial and error and once you find that out there would be time when things would get tough like i uh, three years i've been working as a freelancer in goa on the fourth year my work started going well and then in the fourth year pandemic no tourists no work yeah so things just change all automatically so i was a beginner self employed person freelancer all of a sudden pandemic so no tourists no money this is hard 
Would mm-hmm. I still do what I want to do? Yes, because it makes me happy. And I'm going to figure out some way. So I asked universe, you know, help me. And I kept on thinking about it. So now I'm giving a lot of online sessions. Things work out. Mm. Tell me about, like, like you just mentioned, sometimes there's roadblocks and problems that come. How do you tend to solve those problems? How do you look at them? Do you say it's just a a block in the road, I'm going to go around on the above it or just break them out. I know where I'm going to go or how's your problem solving attitude in general? I would say perception helps tremendously. I take problems from a relaxed space. If there is a problem, I acknowledge the problem from a very relaxed space instead of reacting to it. And then I uh, I give a work to my subconscious mind that it has to be a way out. So let's figure out a way out. And I, I sit with it, not be in any hurry and just wait and then the answer comes mm-hmm. but i'm open and i become i'm uh, i open myself to all the frequencies that are traveling all around i tap into the frequencies of super consciousness and it just happens by itself and i get the answers to the solutions and some problems not all the problems are bad some challenges are good they're, they're meant to be there mm-hmm. so so mm-hmm. you know not all the negative things are bad because you don't know the outcome of what those things are going to prepare you for the next yes. five years down the line. Maybe that's so, what we need. Eh? Yeah. So trusting, trusting life force and knowing that, you know, whatever life wants out of me, probably, you know, I'm in the right direction. It's going to help me. So having this faith, having this trust to the life force and, and learn to float, not fighting mm-hmm. with life. Now, this is a very, this is very subtle, subtle, uh, you know, uh, understanding between fighting and surrender is very subtle. So there yeah. would be point when you, there would be point where you have to fight the current, and there would be point where you have to float. But it has to be moment to moment to moment. You can't continuously fight the current, or you can't just be in a let go continuously. Yeah, it's very subtle. You use both to your advantage, and that can, and that would be different every moment, every yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. And you take the decision based on your awareness in that moment. It's not something written in the rule book that when the tide is so high, this is how you should act. No, there's no one strategy to it. Are there people in your life that you go to to help you take those decisions on when, when to fight the current or when to go, go with the current? My personal type is whenever I have something, a decision to make, I call 20 people that I trust. Hey, what do you think of this? Should I do this? Should I? Or not? Or I. Do you go within yourself and you say, this is what I want and you don't ask anybody? What's, what's your way of dealing with this? I, I would wait. Wait? I, mm. I, I wait. So if there is something which, which comes up and I'm trying to find a solution to a problem, I wait for a few days. And if the next solution comes, I wait for another few days to see if it's the right solution. So see, you going out and asking friends is okay. It's, there's nothing wrong in getting support. It's always fantastic if you can get support and if you can... Sometimes when you share your problem or your situations, you get clarity by speaking out loud. So sometimes you may not be able to find it by yourself or yourself, but when you're talking to somebody and explaining the problem or the situation that you're in, the other person may not give you the right answer, but you may find the right answer just while talking to that person and explaining. So this, this also helps. So if this works out well for you, this, this, is, this is good. Eventually, I would recommend to be independent. And, and this is a skill that you sharpen it by practicing. By practicing that's the only way and in this uh, it's like walking on tightrope so you just have to be continuously aware at any at any one more any point 
you might feel you're going disbalanced going on the one side then you balance yourself again so there would be situations where you have to make decisions so you walk with awareness and you would if even if you ask 100 people it's not that you're going to make the right decision so mm. right and right and wrong is is our is our interpretation when we look backward if we got what we wanted out of the decision we say okay it was the right decision if mm. we didn't get what we wanted we say it was a wrong decision i should have chosen the other way but at that point of time i just didn't know enough if i knew enough i probably would have made better decision so i would say when it comes to uh, comes to let's say buying uh, something which is technical so you want to buy a speaker you want to buy a laptop you want to buy you want to buy a piece of land or an apartment you get an expert you take an advice of an expert that's very good but when it comes when it comes to making decisions from your heart let's say you're in a relationship with someone you're you're in a job that you don't like nobody can help you in that mm-hmm. the the friendship that you're in something that you you don't ask you don't ask 20 people what is my favorite about what what's my favorite meal or what should i order in right. the restaurant right right, so right. Never, because it's our own experience we so we we feel it so feeling is one thing that we have forgotten about so this is where people get confused it's good to get support when it comes to very uh, technical uh, decision and you think mm-hmm. that you're not an expert and you can't do it so you probably take advices of people when it comes to personal decisions like choosing the color that you would like or the relationship or the job that you're in or the passion that you have it has to be yours so i would not recommend anyone to ask anyone Mm. connect with yourself because every time even if you make mistake it's going to help you and it's going to serve you mhm i love it so you you you're a teacher you teach meditation you teach uh you do hypnosis you do reiki tell me why uh why did you decide to do this do you feel like you feel the pain of those people that come to see you or you you just want to teach the right way that you think is the right way or um what what is what makes you uh satisf- the satisfaction in doing this because being a teacher is be really rewarding do you do you like the effect you have on other people what, what is the fire in this particular activity i didn't I never felt that I I would impress people or I want to cure the pain of people that was not the uh that was not my understanding or inspiration at all. Uh for me it just I just felt happy it brought contentment and meditation is something that I enjoy doing it. I love doing I love meditating and mm-hmm. it's something that uh, brings a lot of joy and happiness in, in me. So I I tried to figure out if I could make a living by sharing this hypnosis i i still remember my first session i had of self hypnosis in dubai and it helped me tremendously simple very simple method and it did help me tremendously to deal with the uh, negativity of the mind and to get what i wanted in that in that situation that i was in i was i was in a tough situation where i was in a job i didn't know what career path to take where i was i was totally lost so self hypnosis came my way it helped me reiki uh, energy work it just came through my way i just found this fascinating and mm-hmm. i said let's experiment with this it was just so much fun and i learned it for myself to play with the energy and then i realized it was fun to work with people with this energy so meditation was the core that i really enjoyed doing it then i thought it would be also a good idea to get some skills around this being a holistic person and get some uh, trainings around some other things as well so then hypnosis came i didn't look it up on the internet what are the holistic methods available on online or google 
I never searched for it. Those things just came my way. And whatever came my way, I never asked anyone, never took any suggestions. I just picked it up. The moment hypnosis came, I picked it up. I signed up for the course, 30 days, took it up, did the training. Reiki came. I never asked anyone whether I should do Reiki or not. Just took it up, pick it up, pick yeah. it up, started sharing with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, yeah so it just happened. And I just feel fulfilled, content. So I'm, I feel that I'm living my dream every single day. And it's just amazing. It's something, this is, this is something that changed my life. Like before I learned about meditation, I really wanted to commit suicide. I didn't want to live anymore. I had physical pain. I didn't know how to deal with mind and just, uh, I was just completely hopeless. So mm-hmm. it just changed my life. And I felt that this is something powerful. And if it's changing my life, probably it could help people as well. So helping people is a byproduct. It's just happening on itself. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my, I just felt cool. happy about it. That's why I thought well, it would be nice to share with you. So you decided, you know, when you talked very earlier, you talk about discipline and how you decided something and you don't give yourself the choice. Now, you've been doing this teaching for how many years? Since you were 29, so maybe 10 years? Yes, eight years. Do you think it can change again? that you change your life again and you you decide to to do something else or this is fulfilling and or will you give yourself the if one day you're not fulfilled with this will you change or will you give yourself well at one point do you say well maybe i could change no i don't think about the future i just feel happy content joyous with this i don't know what's going to happen in the future whatever may happen may happen Right now, I just feel content. Even if you give me $1 million every month, and if you would ask me to stop doing what I'm doing, I'm not going to stop doing wow, what I'm doing. Amazing. Well, that's so, amazing. so this is how you know what your passion is. Yes. If yes. somebody would say, I'll give you $1 million every month and stop teaching meditation, stop meditating, don't do this. I don't, I don't care about $1 million. Yeah. I mean, it'll be good to have $1 million, but not at the cost of my happiness. Yeah, I love it. I love how you found your fire and you're able to live off of it tell me a bit about um, how could people get in touch with you follow you and, and learn from you do you have a Lizer website where they can go to and maybe get in touch with you because it seems that what you teach is so spiritual it's so uh, how can you do an online course of it <laughs> you know it's like you're you're doing something very you're touching the unconscious and the conscious and and you're being taught on virtually on the zoom call how, how do you do uh, i have various retreats that happen every month on meditation and mindfulness i also give sessions on hypnosis via online so people usually book me up they connect with me to my instagram page or my medic uh, our website our instagram page is osho meditation retreats and the website is www.oshoactivemeditations.co.in so people usually visit the website they find us through google they ask a query about meditation i usually send them link of our retreat and then they sign up usually for our retreats we have intro talks free intro talks free taster wherein they come and take a demo class for an hour and they get to know what to expect in the retreat and then practice this practice what i teach and learn Mm-hmm. And the best would be to go and see you once COVID t- finishes and go and see you in, in Goa and, and do a, an actual retreat uh, where you yes, are. We also do on-site retreats in Goa uh, every month in the season from November. From November every year, every month from November to 
March. So for five months, we have retreats every month for seven days. Mm-hmm. So people are welcome to join. You're welcome to come and join. Perfect. Agiat, as a conclusion, if you had to tell one thing for the listeners to to take away, one thing that they they should remember, what would be this this one thing? Gather courage and follow your passion. Gather your courage and follow, follow your, your passion. passion. Follow your passion. I love it. <laughs> this is what I'm all about. Follow your passion. <laughs> But I like how you said gather your courage at the beginning because that takes a lot of courage, like you said. Now, you're you're actually teaching a, a, a retreat these days. So thank you so much for actually yeah, yeah. making the, the time for us. This was fantastic. Agiat. Thank you so much. It was a delight to have you. And, and uh, I'll listen to it a, a few more times because I think there's many things I need to listen over and over again. It was great to have you today on the podcast. Thank you very much, Steve. Everybody, this is Cyril. Thank you all for listening. And remember, life is an adventure. Live it. Thank you, Agiat. That was was great. You're a good teacher. Great, great lessons. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It comes from life, living life to the full, fullest. Yes. And there are there are times when you, you you know, I would say there are times when you just get you just give yourself some time off from things that you're doing. But you know, for example, for me, meditation. I've never. I've never left one single day in the last eight years where I didn't, when I didn't meditate. But you don't become too hard on yourself. Discipline means giving yourself no choice, but it doesn't mean that you beat the shit out of yourself in a loving way. Yes. You take care of yourself. You treat yourself. You take yourself out for a good food, you know, good place, good wine, good comfortable house, you know, good things. Discipline doesn't mean that life, you have to be hard on yourself. Life has to be hard. No. People probably sometimes get this understanding that discipline means. <laughs> baby. You know. Well, Ashley is here. Come here, baby. Come say hi. Hi, yes. I was listening to you all morning and I'm needing to hear this because I'm very hard on myself and I have too much discipline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to give yourself, you know, some good time. And this is where people get lost. So not getting it, it's very subtle, not getting lost in, into the any either extreme. So either we get lost into the extreme of giving hard time to ourselves or we become too lazy. I'm so it's neither be- I, I'm a yeah. bit too lazy, lazy these days. <laughs> these days I need more discipline and she's too yeah. hard on herself. <laughs> so so opposites att- attract. So learning to <laughs> learning to and learning to play with it, you know, learning to play with it. It's like movement, like walking on the tightrope. And as you do it, you you get to know. You get to know. I love the the river uh, image you said. Sometimes you have to fight the current, some you have to go with the flow. I love it. So true. Yes. We miss you, Agat. I love to hear yes, you. Yes. I want to come visit you again. Yes, that would be nice. <laughs> so we have this thing between our ears. We, we rarely use, use this. We don't even know how to use this. It's a big, <laughs> yes. it's a big, big mine, gold mine that we have. Yeah. And there's so much. It's like today I learned so much about Zoom. I've been using Zoom for one year already. So 
uh, I learned about when I play music, how can I play music? There is an advanced option. I can do screen share. And all of those things were already there in my Zoom application. And I've been using Zoom paid application for one year. I just didn't know how to use it. So I went on YouTube. I uh, watched some videos for four, five, six hours. And I figured out a way. Same exactly thing about the mind. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much thing that we can do. We just don't know. There's so many boxes here yeah. and there. So sometimes you come in, you came in contact with me in Devaria, in Goa, and then you experimented with this. So many people come. So there are people who get my recording, but they don't listen. Yeah. I know so many people who get my recording. Life, I mean, these things are very simple and very powerful. But until unless you practice it and do them, you wouldn't find out the results. Yeah. So just like finding, you know, so many hidden jewels inside of us and then using them to your advantage. Yeah. There's so much. So will, so when we talk about discipline, will is the higher faculty that we are using, will. That's one of the higher faculty that we have that helps us to take from, uh, from the ordinary vibration level to a super consciousness level. So we go to super consciousness. Uh, perception is another higher faculty. Intuition is another higher faculty. Reasoning, memory. All these things are higher, higher faculties, awareness, higher faculty, love. That's why people talk about love, forgiveness, let go. These are all higher faculties help you to surrender and live a, a life with uh, love, joy, happiness and fun. So nobody talks about it. We don't get exposure about it. So we don't know what to do with it. That's why we have you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love you again. You're so good. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Have a beautiful evening. Thank you so much for your time. Bye, we'll talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.